guys, welcome back to the Miller Mix. I am Misha. And I'm Chris. And today, actually before we get into today's episode, uh, just a quick recap of the last episode. Last time you were with you guys, y'all learned about Chris's chicken nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you haven't already, of course, we encourage you to listen to all the episodes that we have provided you guys with over the last couple months this has been an amazing journey would you agree mm-hmm, i do amazing i would agree yeah uh so today uh today's episode is a little different mm-hmm. because we will actually be uh unpacking our journey of navigating grief in our relationship correct um so yeah prayers appreciated because i imagine that this it's gonna be a lot for for me especially to unpack and go through but uh, this is also a part of our journey that we thought would be critical to share with you guys. So mm-hmm. let's go. All right. So the backstory. Uh, as everyone's aware, I'm sure 2020 has been a lot for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, back in June, we would have lost an acquaintance of ours uh, unexpectedly and in a very tragic way. And that was... I feel like at that time I was already feeling really overwhelmed with all the things that were going on in the world. You know, there was, there was George Floyd, there was like um, the Black Lives Matter movements, like there were riots, there were so many things going on mm-hmm. at large. And then for us to lose our acquaintance um, in June quite unexpectedly, I I can definitely say that was the one thing that it just sent me somewhere that I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Um and mentally, it was a lot. So, I mean, Chris could talk about his perspective on this too. Like, I was just crying a lot, just feeling really oppressed, really down, really out. And, you know, just questioning, like, God, why? Like, why are all these things happening right now? Why isn't it, why is it happening to, you know, people of color? And that's a whole other podcast. But I'm mentioning mm-hmm. this to say that grief is a very strange journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that was June. Uh, fast forward a couple months to what we will get into today. Uh, I actually lost my cousin unexpectedly again in the month of September. Yeah, September 4th yeah. to be exact. Uh, and obviously nobody was anticipating that she actually left Barbados to go visit my uncle, her dad, in Canada for holiday. It was her and her brother, both my cousins. Um, they left like the Sunday and then the, by the Friday of that same week, my mom called and she was like, you know, your cousin passed. I'm like, like what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she went on to kind of explain, well, not really explain, but try to explain uh, basically what happened up to that point. Because as you can imagine, my uncle was all over the place and it was just very unexpected and things happened very quickly. Um, so that was September mm-hmm. 4th and nothing could have prepared me for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like nothing, right? Uh, my cousin was young. She was only 18. Um, super active, healthy, to the best of our knowledge, that she didn't have any you know, any other complications that would have made the whole situation make sense, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then for that to happen, it was just like, no, this has to be some kind of prank or something. But it wasn't. 
Um, so the weeks progressed and I don't know that I have ever had to deal with grief in such a large magnitude before. Um, so my family was very involved in the process and like how it was just hard. It still is kind of hard to this day, to be honest, just come into terms with the fact that she is no longer here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to do like a lot of groundwork to get her and my other family home from Canada. Um, and thankfully, like my uncles, um, what do you call them? Co-workers, like they started a GoFundMe page and all those different things. And, you know, we were able to raise the funds to get her home. And thankfully she was laid to rest here in Barbados uh, coming on to the end of October. But what does all that have to do with us? What was it like for you? Um, I know for sure just navigating the whole grief had like a a real strain on our marriage because there were times when, like the first time I got the news, for example, we I had just gone home, but I got the call and we were, Chris and I were getting ready to head out to, I think we had used food that night. And I remember like telling you, what had happened like what was your first response yeah um so my first response when i heard the news was um do you still want to go to the session that well the youth session that was planned um and the reason i asked the question was because i wasn't sure how you were going to take the news uh, because it was just that you came off the phone um you told me well your cousin would have died and then i would have asked you like if you still want to go to session, because mm-hmm. I would imagine that um, after getting that news, um, you may not want to be around uh, all these people, mm-hmm. or you might just need to take a moment to just process and think about it. Uh, for me, I process grief very differently. Um, I, I understand that death is a, death is a part of life. Um, so just as we are all born, uh, we all have to die at some point. Um, but the thing is, I don't process grief like how Shaq processes grief. In that moment, my mind was still very much up in the air as it pertains to, okay, what does she need in this moment? Um, how is she really feeling? Like, what is going on with her emotions? Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought I'd say the same thing. that came, The first thing that came to mind, and that was, okay, do you still want to go to the session? And you said yes. Yeah, but for me, like, my initial... Okay, so... For those of you who've ever had to deal with the passing of a loved one, especially if it was a very unexpected, you know, kind of sudden circumstance, like, I was just so numb. I feel like I had just a very quick response to everything. So it was like, do you still want to go? Okay, yeah, sure. But mentally, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so we ended up going to the session and so on. But like my initial expectation was that Chris was going to be super caring. He's like, oh, my gosh, babe, you know, I'm so sorry to hear that. Is there anything that I can do for you or do you need a hug? Or like he would just like throw his arms around me and hug me or whatever. Like it was none of that. It was just. So you still won't go. And I don't I don't think that I in that moment, I um, popped how it hit me because everything was just coming in so fast. It was just like, OK, yeah, let's go. But in reflection, like a couple of days after, I was like, 
this man didn't even care to act like how he could have nothing. It wasn't a hug. It wasn't a, it wasn't none of those things. It was just, you still want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that felt so cold to me because I'm like, but is this how you respond to somebody who just found out that they lost a family member suddenly? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, you know, I kind of just, um, I made note of it, but because of where my brain was at, I didn't bring it up at that point in time. Um, but I imagine it was equally as uncomfortable for you to have to hear that and then navigate that initially. Would you agree or not really? Navigate what exactly? Just hearing the news, just getting the news initially. Or yeah. was it more like a, oh, okay. Well, okay. Was it more like a mentally saying, oh, cha, sorry to hear that. But the reality is you still won't go because you just said that you you process grief differently. So your mm-hmm. mindset is, well, yeah, we all have to die. I mean, I understand that we all have to die, but obviously for somebody to die, it means that they're, they're no leaving. Yeah. yeah, their presence yeah. is no longer here. Their presence is no longer felt. Um, I, wouldn't say, I would say yes. It was difficult for me because I didn't know what you needed or what you wanted in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though your expectation was for me to throw my arms around you um, and do all the things you said just now, if it was a case that I would have received the news, that wouldn't have been my expectation. Mm-hmm. So okay. I acted from a place of what I would want to receive if I was a person experiencing grief. Right. Whereas if it was a case that um, I would have knew exactly what you needed, which I know now because we didn't have a reference point um, for what grief looked like for both of us before. Um, well, not to this degree, I would correct. say. Correct, yeah. Because um, you had like a family member that would have passed it when we were dating. But we didn't get I can't remember. But yeah, it was very yeah. different. Correct, yeah, it was very different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I, if I would have known, and know that I have a reference point, no, I know what support feels like. Uh, for me yes correct because it would never be a case where grief would occur and i will just want to be cold or want to be unsupportive that that would never be the case yeah Uh, but i think it's just because i didn't know and i didn't have a reference point for how to show care for a grieving wife Mm -hmm. whose name is Shaq, um, because everybody agrees differently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was difficult. I would say it was difficult for me. Yeah, which is interesting to me because I I think it just comes down to our personalities, really, mm-hmm. honestly, because I, you, you agree? Um, Not really? Go on. I, I want to hear, like, hear some more what you guys I say. feel like I'm more of the, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Do you need me to come? Like, I can drop whatever I'm doing. I can get there. No, mm-hmm. that's my personality. Right. You, on the other hand, it may be a little more of calculated. Child. Okay, so do you which need, is strange? Do you need space or do you need me to come? Um, right, which is a little strange because I would say I'm the more calculated person in our relationship, but in this context, it was like, why won't you even hug me? Like, like how? Like, why aren't you responding with care? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it just comes down to our personalities. Like right now, in crisis, I, it's, in crisis, oh, that's very good. Opposite. In crisis, it's yes. very opposite. Um, man, normal, see, it's yeah, it is true because again, I would have been there. Would have been, what you need? You eat? Do you need anything? Do you need me to come? Do you mm-hmm. need da 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 da? And I'm there. But on the other hand, um, and that was my expectation of you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Whereas you were more like, okay, 
I, I guess in your brain, you probably were like, how do I respond? How do I respond? How do I respond? Oh, yeah. do you still want to go up the road? I was like, oh, is that the right response? Yeah. I don't know, but I said it anyway. How do you respond? How do you respond? Yeah. You're, you're taking too long. Say something, say something, say yeah, something. Okay, do you want to go? <laughs> there was literally like that portion of silence in between there, like with me telling you, um, you know, this is what had happened. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't even say, I'm sorry to hear. It was just like a pause and then it was like, so you still want to go up the road? Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. I can juggle now, but in that moment, it's just like, uh, okay, we'll get back to this. It was a lot to deal with in a very short space of time. Yeah. Okay, so that was the initial response. Um, as you guys could imagine, it took us about eight weeks before we could get my cousin home, um, and the rest of my family home, and have the home going and that kind of thing. So with regards to just us navigating grief in our home, what was that like for you? Because I know I was just a hot emotional mess. I'll talk a little bit about me in a bit, but less like tell us uh, what what it was like for you just at home and not knowing and mm-hmm. you know what I needed or wanted or whatever. Yeah, initially it was very very difficult because I would always ask the question of, okay, so what do you need today mm-hmm. or how are you feeling today? And the response that we usually get to, how are you feeling, is um, I'm feeling sad. Uh, And then to the follow-up question, okay, what do you need um, in general or what do you need from me? And the response to that question was, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So it left me in a very weird place, especially as a man, as a husband, um, not being able to help or assist my wife in that moment when she was going through this very, very tough period, it was difficult. Um, and, it's, and it's not a case that I didn't want to help. I did, but I just didn't know how to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so initially, I would have just left you alone, um, left you to figure it out. But as time progressed, I realized there was something I needed to do, even though, even though I didn't know what that something was. Mm-hmm. So I would have spoken to a few people, um, a few of my friends who would have... Um, I would have walked it through, walked through the scenario with them. And I remember some really, really good advice that I got from a lady. And she said, offer and adapt. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, offer to do something. And it, even if it's a case that she doesn't want to do it anymore or she changes her mind, um, adapt to the situation. Yeah. And I really feel like that was probably the best piece of advice I got as it pertains to somebody who was going through grief and didn't know what they wanted. So, like, say, for example, if it's a case that she said, I don't know what I want, offer to go to the movies Mm -hmm. um, so she can get her mind off of whatever is happening for a little bit. Um, And even if it's a case that she said no, okay, adapt, do something different. I love the concept of offer and adapt because you asking me what I wanted and me not knowing frustrated me so much, Mm -hmm. right? I, I was already dealing with a lot, and then I felt like I... I just didn't need anything else on my plate to have to think about. Mm-hmm. So then for you to come and be like, okay, so what do you want to eat? Or do you want to go somewhere? Or how are you feeling? I'm like, oh, this is all so frustrating me. Like what I want from you right now is just support. I don't know what that support looks like. I don't know what it feels like. I can't communicate accurately right now because my brain is just like scrambled eggs, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole offer and adapt concept to me makes perfect sense because Somebody that's dealing with grief, like they literally just may not know, you know, they they aren't thinking rationally all the time. You know, their mind is really fixed on 
working through their new reality, if that makes sense. Uh, and I felt really pressured sometimes just having to also think about, well, what do I want or what am I feeling besides gloomy and depressed? Well, maybe not. Let me not say depressed, but heavy, more mm-hmm. or less, emotionally. Um, you know, crying all the time, but, you know, still having to like get up and be present. Obviously, you're still managing a home. You're still managing all these different things. And my personality, I'm accustomed to having things together. Mm-hmm. But at this point in time, I literally had nothing together yeah. because this was the one thing that rocked me to the point that I felt like I was, you know, just out of sorts. Yeah. Really. Question. So would you prefer me to do anything and that thing be the wrong thing? Or would you prefer me to ask for what you want or what you need in a given moment um, so that I can do a specific thing that was um, satisfy a specific need? Um, I think in this particular context, it would have been better for you to just try. The effort... Try anything, even if it is wrong. But you think, who says it's wrong? Okay. Because I don't even know if, if it's wrong. I, I literally am unable to pinpoint at a specific time, okay, I need exactly this. And there were days I was able to say, okay, I just need you to leave me for right now. I just need a hug or I just need to go out for air. But majority of the time, I literally didn't know, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so the effort, just trying, okay, well, we're going to go for a walk or we're going to go to the beach or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's effort. Whether it's right or wrong, I can't really say, mm-hmm. um, but it was effort. So in this context, I definitely would have preferred if you had tried, period. I don't want to say try and then it'd be the wrong thing because it. The time it just may have been off mm-hmm. at that point in time. It may not have been necessarily been a wrong thing altogether, but the timing at that point in time, I just may not have felt like leaving home or but offer. Mm-hmm. Again, offer and adapt, offer and adapt. But the questioning and nah, it was that was hard. Mm-hmm. Just having to try to open another tab to think about, okay, well, <laughs> this is how this or this is what I need or whatever, whatever. I'm not saying I was a hundred percent right all the time. To not know what I wanted because, you know, communication is key. But I think given the context and the nature of the situation, it was it was just very challenging to, to think rationally mm-hmm. um, and answer those questions. Whereas I would have just preferred if you were like, you need some air, you've been in the house all day, let's go and get some air. Yeah. Let's go and get some ice cream. And then I could have responded, I'm going to be like, no, I don't really want ice cream, but can we just go somewhere and let me sit down? Like just to get some ear or something mm-hmm. like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does, does that answer your question? It does. It okay. does answer my question. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, the temperature at home was a little sticky, mm-hmm. I would say, because Chris went into like this. <laughs> okay, the more he went in, bro. I don't even remember. He just was like not really talking. Um he would try to check in, but again, it was it we were just walking on eggshells, right? In the house. Um, so the temperature at home was really, really, it was just really down, I would say. Um, and then that led me to feeling guilty some days because I'm like, but this isn't even his burden to bear. You know, it's my family that died. Why, why am I, you know, dragging him into this? Why? But truthfully, <laughs> for better or worse, it is not really something you put fancy. On pause. Yeah, something fancy that you just say on your wedding day and it's like, okay, I'm going to deal with this part while you continue with your life. Mm-hmm. Like, all of your life is now intertwined. It's now connected. Um, but yeah, 
mentally i started to have a negative self-talk and i was just like this is not fair to him he should not have to deal with this um you know i should have never brought him into this process as if he has somewhere else to go right <laughs> and it's funny you say that because i would have never known that you were experiencing that oh yeah because um, i wasn't really talking everything was just in my brain correct and it 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 could get a little messy when it's just in your brain but then when you offered to talk mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily i didn't necessarily feel like talking at that point in time. right so to get it out then it was just not happening i would say yeah um so yeah so i definitely went through that phase of feeling guilty um i remember one day i looked at him and i was like are you tired of attending to me now because again my personality is the superhero so my cape is almost 95 percent always on and it's like okay gotta save this gotta fix that gotta do this gotta do that and for the roles to be reversed and for him to have to be the person you know to be there boom 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 all the time it's just like you tired now because if you're tired it's okay i totally understand you could take a break again that's projection that was not right mm -hmm. at all because he was trying, but I was trying to find this other reason to be like, nah, you could take a break, you know, if you don't want to attend to me right now, it's okay. But it really, it really was not okay because no, especially was the time to to be attending to me. You want to say something just now? Mm -hmm. No? Okay. Um, so yeah, so definitely felt the guilt. Um, definitely felt the weight, like just with regards to the temperature in the house. Uh, I would also say there was a lot of tender skin moments mm -hmm. um and a big part of that is when we had the big um go on what's it call it <laughs> what do you want to call it say more um i don't know we just had a big argument i can't think it would be we had a blow we had a big blow blow up really be a jump, but that could work yeah um that was probably like about four days after correct yeah yeah about four days after um do you want to go ahead and Okay. Give um, the people the back story. So I had to go to the doctor um, just to get a checkup done. Why? Uh, 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 don't play your skirt and wrong. Oh, you had to go get a checkup done. Please unpack why we have this blow up, sir. So there was this thing that Shat was telling me to go to the doctor about. There we go. For a while. <laughs> and I told Shat, I'll be fine. Uh, I'll be fine. Everything will be fine. So it turns out um, this week I had a bit of a flare up. And this oh you mean that particular yeah that yeah, particular yeah, yeah. week mm -hmm. um and i decided okay i'm going to finally go to the doctor where this was concerned because it was causing me a bit of discomfort mm -hmm. and what happened next i i can't remember so this is what really happened as he said <laughs> he had we've been through this before right there's like these particular seasons of the year where he gets challenges with his skin okay no problem mm -hmm. so this particular um thing I spoke to him about it. I was like, go get it checked, go get it checked, go get it checked, go get it checked. And you know, Chris was just like, okay, I can go, I can go. Now I can be all right, I can be all right. Until four days after I got the news about my cousin. Now, as y'all could <laughs> understand by now, I was already dealing with a lot. So this was like another thing on my plate. And he was like, he has to go to the doctor. I'm like, we're gonna, more or less, I was just like, well, go because. I already told you, I don't really have much to give right now. Mm -hmm. I'm already dealing with a lot. For you to come and present this in the middle of me dealing with all these things, I understand that life is still going on, but I feel like this could have been avoided had you just gone to the doctor when we had our initial conversation. Mm -hmm. But you decided that you didn't want to go then, know that you want to go, just go. And then we had like conversation between, well, 
a big argument ensued. But we had a conversation in between there and it was like, so you're not, you're not going to carry me? Oh, I can't drive. Because it was like in this particular area of his, of his foot. So that was causing pain. So he couldn't drive. And I'm like, so no, I got, <laughs> no, I got driving to not to do. But I, I shouldn't have to be doing this. Like I literally told you what I'm dealing with. How could you be so inconsiderate to then tell me that I now have to carry you to the doctor as well, you know? Um, so then he was like, if you don't want to carry me, if you don't want to carry me, you know, you don't have to carry me with driving myself. Like, you can't even drive your foot as well. No, I, I would have found a way because I told you if it was a case that um, you didn't want to go, I didn't want to burden you initially with something else. So I told you uh, that I would go and I would drive myself to the doctor. But then that became an issue too. Of course. Uh, and then the argument ensued. But I should we say it became an issue? It was always an issue. I think it was an underlying issue, but it just magnified itself because I was already irritated and already frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you, again, because you process grief differently, it was, well, this is just another everyday thing that I could attend to right now. But I didn't think that I had to be attending to it right there and then because you should have been, this is how I felt, you should have been responsible enough to handle it before it got bad or worse, whichever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Perhaps you wouldn't even have to have been dealing with it there at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember I was like, God, I feel that you forget about me. No, you know, my cousin gone. You know, my friend's gone. Um, I, I navigate in this grief. And now my husband about to like just flip out. Like, what really going on in heaven? Like, you up there you feel just like I was flipping out? Yes. Oh, wow. I felt like you were flipping out. Well, that's fair. I feel like I have reason to flip. Okay, so you were flipping out. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have reason. Um, I was just dealing with a lot, man. And Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like you were being very considerate at that point in time. And Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, so we get to the doctor now. Um, Yeah, oh, jeez. So all going on the road, we arguing, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, in the car. (laughs) So we get to the doctor now. um, And I'm like, you coming in? She didn't even speak, nope. right? Nope. So I get out, I go into the doctor. It literally took me 15 minutes to get in, um, see the doctor, pee and whatever else. So I come back in the car, I just sit down. Um, nothing. No conversation, no asking me how it went, nothing. Mm-mm. So then the next stop, we had to go to the hardware store because our line would have popped. So we go to the hardware store. I go to get the clothesline. Um, one girl literally pulls it in the car park, no communication, nothing. So we, we aren't even speaking now. So I go inside, I look for the clothesline, I get the clothesline, um, I come back out, still nothing. Uh, so one girl was fuming. Do you remember, even remember what the argument was about? The argument, the argument started because I felt as though you were expecting me to be my normal self. Mm-hmm. And you were communicating and operating as though everything was normal. And I wasn't carrying this great big package Mm -hmm. of grief. Mm -hmm. And so for you to have that expectation, even though I clearly communicated, hey, look, this is where I'm at. And I literally don't have much to give you right now. Like when you're asking questions about what do you need, how you're feeling, how you're this and the next and the third, I had already told you where I was at. So Mm -hmm. for you to completely ignore that when I clearly communicated... And expect that, you know, everything was just going to be normal to me. That sent me, that sent me over the edge. 
And the fact that you also didn't listen to my recommendation for you to go get this thing checked before so that we would not have had to deal with, deal with it at a later point in time. And now it popped up again and it had got home worse. That also set me over the edge because I was like, I already told you that I don't have much to give. So why are you asking me if I could carry you? Because as far as I'm concerned, we shouldn't even have to be going mm-hmm. to the doctor for this particular reason in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where the argument started. I think okay. my expectations and my emotions were just really all over the place at that point in time. Um, in reflection, though, I would say that I didn't handle the situation properly, mm-hmm. even though it was warranted because I had all these things going on. Had I... What would I have done differently? I probably... I know this is going to sound weird, but I probably would have just stuck a pin in lashing out about how I felt about you not respecting the fact that I made recommendations for you to get your foot looked at at that point in time and come back to it when I was in a more stable place. Mm -hmm. But being human, I was not, again, I wasn't thinking rationally or Mm -hmm. as rationally as I usually would. So processing and separating all those different emotions at that point in time, to me, I didn't even cross my mind. I was just like, Yes. We should not have to be going up here, and they shouldn't. Da, 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 and how could you expect? Da, 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 and this is unfair, and this is this, and da da da. da and it was just the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And then you took that as, oh well, you're really tripping. Like you literally have no reason to trip. And I'm like, oh yes, I do. I do have a reason to be tripping right now because X, Y, Z, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Agree, disagree. I think for me, I would have handled it a bit differently. Huh. Um, I think I, I probably would have. If I was a person, well, I can't, I can't tell you. Exactly. Yeah, I can't tell if I agree exactly. or disagree because I am not the person processing grief the exactly. way you do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was processing grief, and I think the way I process grief, on, well, from my perspective, mm-hmm. um, I would have definitely pushed pause on it and probably talked to you at a later date. But that's how we're different, uh, and especially when... A crisis or grief is happening. One hundred percent. Things happen. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that people kept telling me, they were like, "Oh, you have to be strong for your family, or you have to be strong for this body, you have to be strong for the next person." And I, like, I know we say these things to mean well, mm-hmm. but truthfully, it doesn't really help mm-hmm. the situation. Yeah. I find that we say a lot of suedo turns okay you know we just look on the brighter side you know well at least she's this or she's she's out of her pain and suffering my cousin wasn't suffering mm-hmm. so what do you say to me then right oh, well you know maybe no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. if it is and this is just a side note but it's also something that i experienced when people came and they told me you gotta be strong you gotta be strong or maybe you know at least she isn't this or at least she isn't that my reality isn't accepting those things right now, right? Mm -hmm. My reality is my cousin is no longer here and this hurts. Right. Yeah. Um, So just be wary of those things, guys, when or if you ever encounter a close friend or just somebody, you know, that is processing grief, like try not to say those things because and as much as you may think it's helpful, it really doesn't soften the blow at least for me it didn't it didn't really soften the blow in any way um so when people are telling me looking on the brighter side and when they look up all they see is great clothes i'm like okay this is my reality Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like the way you can really add light to somebody's time when they're going through grief is just being present being present may be a check-in just checking in on you 
Have you eaten for the day? Did you take a shower? Yeah, that was practical, the next Yeah, practical things. Not, we'll just look on the brighter side because no. Right now, there is no brighter side mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to underscore that because, oh, and secondly, before I forget, again, uh, when we tell people just be strong, what do we really mean? Because when I'm being strong for all my other family, mm-hmm. who's strong for me? Correct. Yeah. Who saves who, the superhero? Who, yo, Beyonce has a song called Save the Hero. This is just another, another sidebar. Um, but a part of that song goes, I lay alone and I... I Okay, I can't remember the lyrics. But essentially, she's saying, you know, the hero is just so busy saving everybody and coming in clutch for everybody. And then when the hero is looking for somebody to come in clutch for her, mm-hmm. there's no one. Right. Right? And grief can feel like that sometimes because grief is not an isolated emotion, but it can make you feel isolated mm-hmm. at a point in time. It can yeah, make you good. feel like it's only you that's going through these things and, you know, only you that really truly understands how it feels. Uh, so yeah, the hero does need a quarterback sometimes to just pull up and be like, I getting you up the house, even if you don't really feel like going anywhere, you know? Um, but I feel like presence is really, really critical for persons that are navigating grief. And even if you don't know what to say, you send a message, Hey, just checking in on you, making sure everything's okay. You don't need to respond or you can respond when you can sending you prayers, sending you love, sending you whatever. Mm -hmm. But Let's try to stay away from, we'll just look on the brighter side or the person's out of their pain and suffering. Or like, yeah, enough on that. Do you feel like being strong for other people during grief is a flawed concept? Um, no. Okay. I don't think, I don't think it's entirely flawed because like me, for example, like, my mom was really involved, like, heavily involved in the planning process for the funeral. Mm-hmm. I know my mother intimately, mm-hmm. right? I know how we process things. I know how she handles things, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, me being strong for her was necessary mm-hmm. because I already know her personality. But I literally can't be strong for every single person. Correct, yes. Yeah? Um, so... I don't feel like it's flawed because I, I did feel some measure of responsibility to be there for my mom, be there for, you know, my other family members that were dealing with this thing. But at the same time, I had to check myself and make sure that I was being honest with my community that was checking in on me and asking me how I was feeling because they understood that me being strong for all these other people meant that I was not being as strong for myself. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like it's entirely flawed, but I feel like just telling somebody, you got to be strong for this body and the next body and the third body and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and not checking in and asking that person how they are genuinely feeling. And if they need anything, I feel like that's where um, the hiccup may be. So yeah, just a reminder to check in on your strong friends, period. Mm -hmm. But also, especially checking on your strong friends when they are you know, navigating situations like this. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like it was hard for you to communicate what you needed while you were grieving? And do you Be- f- do you feel like in a, poten- a future situation of grief, do you feel like it would be just as hard to communicate? Or do you feel like you've learned and have a reference point of tools or things you might need while you're grieving? Okay, so it was definitely hard to communicate uh, initially because... I was feeling very deeply Mm -hmm. and feeling very deeply meant that I just couldn't 
unpack and communicate what I needed because all I was feeling was pain all I was feeling was loss and heaviness uh so even thinking about what I needed in a particular moment I just couldn't wrap my brain around because mm-hmm. all I felt was what I felt at that point in time uh with regards to future moments if I would grieve or if my response to grief would be the same way I think that's a little hard to tell I don't know for sure uh, it probably would depend on the situation um but in reflection i would try to be more conscious about uh communicating what i need how i feel at a given point in time but i feel like it is just a little i don't know it's a little hard to say well yes i will definitely be able to tell you to exactly every, yeah yeah what i need rush, at this particular time because who knows the situation may hit me a little harder or it may hit me not as hard i don't know mm-hmm. um but i think what i can take away from this entire experience is if you need time just communicate that mm-hmm. if you need space communicate that yeah um if you don't know communicate i don't know right and i feel like your partner or whoever is you're communicating to at that point in time they really should try their best to understand that hey look this is a little unconventional right now like you know she's accustomed to knowing exactly what she wants i feel like you have to know the person correct to know that okay maybe at this point in time they're just having a really hard time and i just need to support them by being present at this particular moment does mm-hmm. that make sense does it that does. your question it does yeah it's a little hard to say because every situation is unique um every situation is a little different who knows like we may encounter another um experience or we have to walk through grief perfectly not very soon um and i may be able to manage better hopefully mm-hmm. you know so it's just a little hard to say you just never know but yeah. i guess we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. yeah so any other like takeaways you wanted to share um my takeaways would be to always ask um to mm-hmm. find out what's happening um where the person is at and ask then or offer no act first act first to find out and depending on the response to your asking um then offer an adapt because if if you ask a question and someone says um, something specific or has a very specific request um honor that request right. and make sure that that request um can be executed to the best of your ability to ensure that you serve your partner um but if it's a case that your partner doesn't know which was our scenario what i would say is to offer and adapt um so to offer going for a drive offer watching a a movie offer um going out and getting grabbing some food or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. um offer and then even if it's a case that um the person changes their mind immediately after they have made a decision um adapt and not get frustrated about Okay, but you just say you want this. No, you want something else. Um, mm. because with That's grief, good. um, the person's mind can be all over the place, mm. can be very scatterbrained. There's so many different things to process, being strong for other people, um, the emotional um element of what the person's going through. So yeah, I think as well, um, on the person who is doing the supporting and not experiencing the grief, patience is very important. Uh, and to be patient with that person i'm knowing that this is not going to last forever but it's going to last for a specific amount of time um it might be hard for you as an individual showing the support 
but it might be even harder for the person who is grieving. Uh, so being patient, that would be really helpful to the person grieving and to the relationship as well. All right. So just be ooh, what was it? All right. So just be patient with yourself as well, because I imagine it was very hard for you to just not know to be at a loss. Yeah. Um, and then in addition to being at a loss, it sometimes felt as though I may have been pushing you away, mm-hmm. which was not necessarily the case. I just that's the isolation part of grief. And that's why community is also so important and grief counseling wholeheartedly advocate for grief counseling. But community, yes. Uh, you know, we had friends calling to check in. Do you guys need this? Do you guys need that? Do you need this? Do you Correct. need that? Yeah. Um, so it wasn't even to say they were just trying to support me, but they were also like supporting Chris in this entire process because again, it was just very new for him uh to have to deal with something to this degree. So community is super important. If you are the person going through like a really hard time right now, my heart and prayers are with you. My two cents would be, yes, it does get better, but feel all of what you're feeling now. Mm-hmm. Um, walk through that process because it's going to be very important to your healing as well. So feel all the feels, as my therapist bestie would say, feel all the feels. Everything you're feeling is necessary. Plug for wings of grace counseling. Uh, but feel all the feels, you know, um, walk through it, unpack it. Uh, remember the memories, remember the good times, but unpack, get everything that you're feeling out, you know, don't just have it in your brain um, because thinking about it and then getting it out to completely different things. I feel like there's freedom in talking to somebody you trust, whether that's a mentor, whether that's your pastor, a best friend, um, whoever, your counselor, like just please talk to somebody about it. Let somebody into the process that can shine light on the area because, again, we don't always be thinking as rational as we should when we're navigating something of such great magnitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, be patient. Definitely um, surround yourself with a worthwhile community. And also hold space for your partner or your friend. Like, you have to hold space for them. And when I say hold space, I mean be present. You know, understand that they may not be able to communicate with you as often or in the same way that they're accustomed to. Just try to be as understanding as possible. uh, Be as present as you possibly could. Hold the space for them. There might be some things that you can't talk about in the moment and you might have to push pause. 100%. That happened to us too. Correct. Right. But then I, because you you were like full steam ahead, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And my response was just like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Christopher, I already told you I don't have space. I don't right. Why are you talking to me about this? Like, Correct. Yeah. Talk to somebody else. You know, you have guy friends that you can talk to this talk to them about yeah. this. And you were just like, I want to talk to you about it. I'm like, rah, 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 rah. So making it yeah, <laughs> you you did work. But making the mental Oh no, he's like you did work. <laughs> but making the mental switch, um, it was hard, but it's necessary, um, because of everything that's going on. Yes. Um, so just be sensitive to the time as well. They, you may not be able to laugh and kiki about everything same way, but um, it'll get it'll get better with, mm-hmm. with time. Correct. Try not to add excess weight to the burden they're already carrying. Seek out a trustworthy friend that can help you navigate personal challenges for a bit if your partner is still un- unable to hold that space for you. I think we kind of touched on that just now. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it really links, that point really links to having community. Um, 
and why community is so important because at that point in time, again, your partner is obviously navigating a lot. Correct. A lot. Um, and so they may not be able to hold that space for you as normal. Pray, of course, that goes without saying, but in case you need another reminder, pray for your partner, pray for your friend, pray for their family, ask that God will give them grace, give them the strength, give them everything that they need, whatever they need to uh, walk through grief, the process of grief in the most healthy way possible. Oh, guard your heart and your mind. Because I'll tell you, when I was, I mean, I'm obviously still walking through this process, but after, um, you know, my cousin's farewell and so on, the days got a bit easier to navigate. Uh, But you literally think about some very strange things when you are going through grief. Like Mm -hmm. things that I probably would have never considered um, crossed my mind. So... If you were praying for that person, just pray that the Lord would also keep their heart and mind in its rightful, in its rightful place. Because your mind can go to some really dark places. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that was our take on navigating grief. As you could imagine, this was an episode that was very dear to my heart. Uh, but hopefully you were able to get some nuggets and pockets of light that would help you or a loved one or just somebody you know that mm-hmm. may be walking through a similar process. Uh, this is actually part one of navigating grief in our marriage. We will be doing a part two, but you'll have to tune in to find out how or what, well, maybe more so what we'll be talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we look forward to welcoming you again to part two of navigating grief. Thank you so much for tuning into the Millimix and we will hear you in the next episode. Bye. Yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram. And if you have any questions, feel free to send us an email at meetthemillers246 at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, any closing statement? No? Bye. See you guys. <laughs>